Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It's, um, you know, sometimes lines from movies just enter their way into general culture. And for years now, right, a popular refrain that you hear from time to time is, you can't handle the truth. Um, And that's actually a true statement. (laughs) Um, We're not very good as human beings at handling the truth, at least not often and not well. Because the truth is often hard. Uh, it often can sting a little, and yet even though it's hard and sometimes stings a little, um, it's good, and it hurts that it might heal at its best. This is why God exhorts us in his word, in Ephesians this morning, speak the truth to each other. And I think clearly Paul's speaking really within the confines of the church, right? He says, you are members one of another. That's true of us as we are united in Jesus Christ as his body. We, especially as the church, are to speak the truth to each other. And this is the fifth mark that I think the scriptures have been putting forward in sequence for us of things that characterize mature Christian living, is speaking the truth one to another. Um, And notice that it's not just truth in some sort of general and abstract sense, although of course Christians should be honest and truth-tellers generally, but it's speak the truth. Speak the truth. We know from the scriptures that Jesus Christ himself is the truth. And actually, um, I sort of, sometimes this happens where as we're rehearing the word again um, on a Sunday morning, I I notice things that I'm like, oh, I didn't hear that the first time through that I read uh, this passage. But Paul actually has said exactly what the truth is in verse 21 of Ephesians. As the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. The truth, by the truth, in this context of Ephesians 4.25, speak the truth to each other. I think Paul is chiefly saying the gospel, the true Christian confession, the putting off of the old self. In other words, the truth that... I am a sinner. I do need Jesus, and I do repent. That's fundamentally the truth that we need to be speaking to each other. Now, of course, I don't mean that we should just constantly be saying those words one to another, sort of like robots, but I think that that truth should underwrite how we communicate with each other as the church. To say, I am a sinner, and I repent. It's the very opposite of what we're inclined to do by human nature, right? Adam and Eve give us a picture in the garden. When they have sinned and get found out by God, what do they do? Right? They hide from God and they try and cover themselves up um, with their fig leaves. Um, and we do the same thing with, <laughs> with fig leaves, right? Um, maybe not literal fig leaves. I guess that must have been very funny about that. <laughs> um, we do the same thing with... Li- we do the same thing, right? wanting to deflect and sort of to hide when our sin gets called out to distract, to try and dodge the the weight of it rather than just standing out in the open and saying, yeah, I I did do that and I am sorry. We want to do anything but make such a vulnerable statement. But actually, 
Notice that it's really both parts of that statement are necessary to the truth. Even the heathen can sometimes say, I'm a sinner. But non-Christians, when they, say, when they confess, you know, they don't use those words, but I'm a mess, or this is who I am. It's, this is who I am, and it's not going to change. Deal with it. Right? There's a sort of brazenness to the confession. The Christian truth is the second part. It's, I am a sinner, and I, do, I wish I wasn't that way. I repent. I desire to be different. I want God to change me. It's, I am a sinner, and I repent. I put off the old self that makes up the truth that as Christians we need to be speaking. Um, uh, this is hard to live out, um, but we need to. God calls us to it. I really want to look at just two areas in which this truth should sort of be operating in our communication with each other when we speak about ourselves and then when we speak about others to themselves. Those are the two areas. Um, when we speak about ourselves in our flesh, we are always going to be inclined, especially in our sort of Facebook, Instagram, resume culture, to just amplify what we think is good about ourselves and really try and minimize what is bad. But the truth would actually have us tip that the other way, to be fully bare about what is bad and then be humble about what is good and recognize it as a gift from God and not to amplify it. So really I think this comes down to, in the church together, first and foremost, admitting mistakes. Uh, both of action um, and also of motive. This is something that I sort of sadly hear on my own lips and have to catch and I hear around, you know, the, you know in just everyday living. But when someone says, um, in more or less words, you've hurt me, one of the first things often kind of from the other side is, oh, but I didn't mean to. And something that I've sort of lately become more suspicious about myself about has been like, well, did I not mean to? Like maybe in some little part of my heart, because I am a sinner, Maybe I meant to. Maybe it is as bad as it sounded. Maybe they didn't misunderstand. I actually, in that moment, and I hate that this is true, wanted to be rude or, or hurtful. And then just to, when recognizing the bad action and the bad motive, to just say, I, I'm sorry. I am a sinner and I wish I wasn't. I repent. That's, I think, how we should speak with each other, when in, especially in uh, times when we've hurt each other. Um, that's difficult to do well. Um, it's even more difficult to speak in a godly way about someone else, so the person you're talking with, to speak about them, right? Because our inclination is the opposite. With ourselves, we will try and minimize our faults. When we're sort of addressing something in someone else, we tend to maximize the faults, right? And this is why Paul, just a few verses earlier in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 4.15 says famously, right, speak the truth in love when we're speaking to each other. Because without love, if we just are speaking the truth, it's, um, it's not going to build up, it's not going to be useful, and therefore, actually, big picture, isn't going to be as true. We will have inevitably read in our own maximizing of faults and our own sinfulness. So when we speak to others about what's going on with them, we must speak in love. Um, it needs to have both parts, truth and love. And... Um, if I was uh, speaking to Yankees right now, uh, I would probably need to remind them of the in love part. Because one of the tendencies of human nature is to just want to drop, you know, as, as the kids these days say, a truth bomb, <laughs> and then walk away, right? Without actually having love and commitment to the relationship and care for the good of the other person who you're speaking to. Um, but something I'm learning 
about being here in Alabama is actually we need to not forget the truth part. I think sometimes what is a great virtue in society here of courtesy sometimes overspills the bounds to, to obscuring the truth. And so as Christians, the Bible's calling us wherever we're at. If our tendency is to sort of err on the side of just kindness and courtesy, to not let truth get eclipsed in the midst of that actually is a Christian work. To seek to speak the truth, even though it might rub things a little bit rough and might be a bit difficult, might cause some problems for us. If someone says, I hope I didn't hurt your feelings, and even though the feelings are hurt, we say, oh, no, no, not at all. We're not speaking the truth. To say, you know, Carrie had to say this to me yesterday. She's not here right now because the kids are really sick, but um, she said, yeah, you did hurt me, and I forgive you. Right? That's truth and love. To, uh, to not say, oh, no, 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 it's not a problem, don't worry about it. Say, oh, no, it is a problem, and I love you and I forgive you. She exercised, I got to, it was, you know, I'd already written the sermon, and I was like, wow, this is Christian communication in action. Thank you. And it, and it hurts, you know, when, when I say, I'm sorry, I kind of want her to say, um, oh, oh, don't worry about it, it's not a problem, you know, and just kind of let it disappear. It's hard when she says, yeah, that was the wrong thing. It's like, oh, I know I just said it, but I was hoping you'd minimize it for me. <laughs> you know, but to say, yeah, it was wrong, and I love you. And I forgive you. I let it go. I'm not going to be looking for ju- you know, justice to come against. Um, one other sort of thing I think it, where love and courtesy can sometimes eclipse the truth is in um, what we go along with in conversation. And again, I find myself sort of guilty of this too, that when someone is speaking about something ungodly, um, often, you know, if it's a joke or something, just kind of laughing along and playing along, like not wanting to sort of rub things the wrong way. But I think the gospel calls us to put off the old self. And this doesn't mean being the morality police, right? Like, oh, don't be joking about that. But, but to maybe just be silent, to not laugh along, to just kind of let it go away without joining in. It's difficult. It sticks out a little bit. I think that's a way of communicating the truth in love, uh, in the midst of you know, a world, both in the church and outside the church, where we are, uh, well, in the church trying to put off the old man. The world is still celebrating the old man. Um, but to speak the truth in, in what we go along with and in how we respond. Those are just two examples that I wanted to put before you, but there are many more. And I encourage you to think about the principle. When God calls us to speak the truth in love, am I speaking in love? And am I speaking the truth? And to sort of really seek to put forward both in equal measure, especially in our dealings one with another here in the church. Um, And when we do that, it actually, at first, causes a bit more difficulty. And this is where speaking the truth about others and ourselves, they kind of loop into each other. Because let's say you take me seriously, and I hope you do. And then I do something wrong, as I will. And you come to me and say, you did this wrong. And you say it truthfully and in love. I don't, I, I don't want to be in the wrong, right? I, my, my first response will be, don't tell me that. <laughs> or some version of it, right? But with the grace of God to then receive, to join in speaking truthfully, that if you call out something in me, to, to repeat the same. You just said I did this wrong. I did do this wrong. I'm really sorry, right? And together be speaking the truth. And that's how, as Christian community, we can grow together as the church. Um, 
it stings and it's work and we have to be careful. But if we obey God's command, if we speak the truth in love, um, we will grow in the knowledge, the, in true knowledge of who we really are um, in Christ Jesus and we'll also grow in love for each other. And all of this is made possible, of course, as every moral command in the scriptures because of the ground which we've been placed on in Christ Jesus. That's why we sang this hymn at the beginning, that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The only way that it's really possible to speak sort of high levels of truth and love with each other in the church is because we've been justified before God. Because we've been given the free gift of right standing before him that we've received by faith. We have a solid ground from which we can admit fault between each other, right? If, I'm, if the opposite is true, if, if I'm constantly trying to justify myself before God and others, then I can't be wrong. I've got to be justified. But if I already know that I'm a sinner and have been justified freely by God, I then actually have been given the security to say, yeah, I, I have messed stuff up. And this doesn't imperil my eternal salvation. It doesn't actually even change my self-identity. I already know that I'm a sinner and I've already confessed that to God. And so I can in humility say, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I did make a mistake and I even meant to, which is worse. And I'm sorry about that. And please forgive me to seek forgiveness from another. So it's the cross, it's what Jesus did by dying for us, by reconciling us to God, that makes possible a truth-telling community. So the glory is his, and the more we lean into his gospel, the more we'll grow in our capacity to speak the truth in love one to another. Amen.